over the, the last few weeks. Actually, our focus since coming back together since the start of the new year, we've been thinking about calling, haven't we? We've been thinking about our calling as individuals, how God has called us to himself to be partakers in his life and in his love, and how in doing so, he will provide everything that we need to live a godly life. And Mike last week helped us to journey through that a little bit more. Actually, what is it that God is producing within us? What is it that we're to be giving ourselves to, actually, that we become more and more like Jesus as we follow him, as we pursue him? But this all comes out of the calling that God has given to us, being part of his family, being part of his people. And that calling works its way out individually, but it also works its way out locally for us as a church. There are things that God has called us to here in Faversham. But it also, we have calling globally as well. And we're going to focus on that a little bit today. We're going to be thinking about that, particularly by thinking about the, um, the Relational Mission Conference that took place at the end of last year. It was an October half term last year. And that conference, the name given for it was The Call. Thinking about what it is to be a cool people, what it is that God has called us to, but within the context of uh, a global family, of the global church. Before we go on too much further, uh, we need to understand who Relational Mission are. Uh, some of us may know, be very familiar with uh, Relational Mission. Some of us may have heard the name being used, but aren't entirely sure. Maybe for some, this is an entirely new uh, name that you're hearing today. I'm gonna, I would love to have the children's help. I'm going to need some adults as well to help as we visually try and visualise what relational mission is as a family. That's cool, that's fine, you can keep that up. Um, so, children, I would, can, could you come up, if you'd like to help, could you come up the front and help? And then we'll, uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to need to call on some, some adults as well. But Ezra, can you come and stand over here on... I'm going to leave you on your own, but it's not for any bad reason. Come here, stand over here. Well done. And then, can I have you three guys come and stand, oh, just that side of the projector, I don't want you getting it, but Isaac, come and stand with Eva and Molly. And then, is there any more of the children want to help, or can I have some adults? I need maybe, yeah, um, Lena, would you like to come up here? Pete, you can stand up as well, you stood up. Uh, and then maybe, can I just get four more adults, four or five more adults, just come and stand up. Come and stand over here. So a, li a little group over here. I just think sometimes it can help to visualise these things in our minds. Right, so this is going to be a picture of... Has it come and stand with your sister? No? Okay, you go with mummy as well. This is a picture of what relational mission is. Okay, so here, Ezra on his own. Ezra is all of us. Ezra is Faversham Community Church. Okay? Yeah! And you're doing a fine job, my friend. Uh, so this is us, Faversham Community Church. Over here, we have what we would know as a relational mission community. So our relational mission community, we have our friends Hope Church, Sittingbourne, uh, Good News Church, Sheppey, uh, New Life Church, Tunbridge Wells, Cornerstone City Church, I don't know if I'm missing anyone else, but they're local churches to us who we have friendships with and connections with and we uh, look out for one another and we uh, try and encourage one another, we pray for one another, we 
send people to go and speak, and they send people to come and speak at us. We do training together and all sorts of stuff. Uh, and so these guys here represent the other churches, our local churches within our relational mission community. And then over here, we have uh, more and more families and groups of churches. We have uh, churches in the Netherlands, and we have churches in, uh, in uh, Germany, and we have churches in South Korea, and in Japan, and we have churches in London, and in Lowestoft, and all over the place. And in France, we do, absolutely. And this is the wider relational mission family made up of loads of churches in lots and lots of nations. We'll see up on here, on the screen, these are the, ch the churches and church plants within the UK. Uh, and then, uh, oh, it's the same picture. And then here, uh, we can see what we were looking at was just up there in that corner. And these are the churches. We've got a number in Europe and gradually starting to uh, find churches being planted in various places across the world as well. So, for us here in Faversham, come and join your relational mission community. We are part of a relational mission community with other local churches, and then you guys go and join the big, big relational mission family. We are all part of this big family of churches connected through relationship and connected through shared mission to go and see churches planted all over the world, and we have a part to play in that. So does that make sense? We're Faversham, it's part of Relational Mission Community, which is part of Relational Mission, big global family. Uh, all of us making Jesus known wherever he has called us to, and it's a growing family as well. Thank you so much, guys. Would you like to go and find your seats? Let's thank um, our churches. Okay. So this conference that, we, that um, took place in October, The Call, was a relational mission conference. People there from all over the world coming together to be encouraged, uh, to worship together, to have some training and equipping, but also to catch hold of the big vision. What is the moment that God has called us to? What are the things that he is speaking to us about? And one of the things that was really emphasized from the start, you know sometimes you can go to a conference or training and then it's just, that's what it is. It's just kind of a standalone thing and then you move on and then you wait till the next one comes around. And it was really stressed from the start actually that the call was not just to be another conference but actually was to be the launch of the next phase of our work together as relational mission. So it was about casting vision about casting purpose of what it is that God is calling us to, actually as we really feel that God is calling us to the, the next thing. What is it for this next season for us? And so you'll hear us as leaders talking a lot over the coming months uh, and coming years, I expect, about the call. We'll keep referring back to it. Uh, there'll be lots of things going on that we'll be talking about. So we want to make sure that we all understand or have an understanding of what, what it is. Again, so that we understand are calling as part of this big worldwide global church family that God has called us to. It's such a privilege. I am so grateful actually that we found ourselves in this, in this family that we have because I would not want to do church isolated just as Faversham Community Church. I think we, we need other brothers and sisters uh, locally but globally as well to be really uh, growing together and working together. And the main, so just a big, the big takeaway from the call and the big takeaway of what we as a church are also committing ourselves to and pursuing together with other churches around the world. The big vision 
They shared about the big vision that God has put on our hearts is that we want to plant at least 20 churches in various countries over the next five years. That is what God has laid on the hearts of the leaders within relational mission that they shared with us and said, actually, this is what we really feel that God is calling us to. At least 20 churches planted in various nations over the next five years. And not just to see new churches planted, but actually to see numerous existing churches built up and strengthened and growing as well. So it's churches planted and established and growing and strengthening. And the call campaign seeks to resource the whole of the relational mission family to be increasingly invested in shared mission. So this mission, you might be sitting there thinking, actually, what what does that have to do with me? But actually, we all have a part to play. If we want to see at least 20 churches in various countries over the next five years, we all have a part to play within that. And hopefully, what we'll find over the coming weeks and months, as we spend a bit more time thinking about this, we'll actually see, actually, what, what role do I have within this? How can I play my part? What purpose do I have to play in it? I find it so exciting to think, actually, uh, I've got a part to play in seeing multiple churches being planted and established around the world. Whatever small part I can play, whatever part God has for me to play. So, one of the things that you should hopefully have found on your seats, not on every seat, but... Hopefully there's enough for each family uh, or, um, or for individuals to take home as well. Is this cool magazine. Um, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to send some of these out periodically over time. And there's a little bit more information in there about what the cool is. Uh, lots of kind of places to direct you uh, to their website uh, and to various other places. So you can find out more. I would really urge you and encourage you, get on the website. The website is on the back and just have an explore. And just have a look around and see the sorts of things that they're talking about. Uh, There's only so much we can cover here today uh, and so much that we'll be able to cover ongoing. But that's kind of the best place to go. Uh, And spend some time there and have a look. This is the part, this is the the family that God has called us to. This is the mission that God has called us to. So let's familiarise ourselves with it. Uh, Let's really invest our time and our efforts uh, and ourselves in that as well. But what I do want to do this morning is just to very quickly give a a quick overview of kind of the three uh, main ways in which we can get invested. There are many ways in which we can, but these are the three main ways that really encouraging churches and individuals to think about how can we get invested in this shared mission. Uh, And the first one is prayer. We'll come back to prayer because I want to expand on that a little bit more. First is to grow and go, which really has this, uh, the emphasis is on how we as individuals can... um, just continue to grow, to become more like Jesus, to grow in our, in our gifting, to grow in our calling, uh, so that actually, uh, as we grow, to help us to then go and make disciples, wherever God has called us to. Maybe for some of us, we're going to be called elsewhere. For many of us, I expect it will be here. But actually, how do we continue to grow, to invest in ourselves, uh, to grow so that we're going and making disciples, wherever God has called us to. We want to be growing, don't we? As all of us, as, as disciples of Jesus, we want to be growing more and more in our Christ-likeness, more and more in our understanding, more and more in our relationship with him. And this is really what that is. But actually just thinking about it in terms of how does that fit within the mission that God has called us to. Again, if you want to go online on their, on their website, there's loads, loads of opportunities within relational mission for training, for teaching, for investment, 
different courses that they run, different seminars, uh, different uh, conferences, uh, training streams, all sorts of stuff, all sorts of resources that are there. So go and have a look. And I want to encourage you, as one of the elders, but also with the eldership, to say if there's something on there that you think, actually, I'd really love to be a part of that, or I feel like, actually, this is, the, this is perhaps the time where I should be investing in this, please, please, please come and speak to us. Because as much as we're able to, we always want to release you guys into being invested in, into training, into receiving input for your good, but also for our good and also for the good of the church as well. So excited to see what God may do. So if there's anything that you feel, actually, yeah, I really, I'm really interested in this, uh, or even if you want to talk about it more, please do come and speak with us. Eva, have we got, um, the, can we have the next slide? And then the next slide. Please, one thing that is coming up that I wanted to draw your attention to, on the 2nd of March, so it's Saturday the 2nd of March, there's a day conference taking place in Cambridge um, that Marshall, you know Marshall who came down in, it was November, wasn't it, in last year, so blessed by Marshall and Chris and the team that they brought with them in how they helped to encourage us, inspire us and equip us around the, the prophetic gift, hearing, hearing what God is saying uh, and using the gift of, of, of prophecy and we, I would urge you, if you're able to get to this, please do get to it. Because I think actually in terms of what the foundations and the encouragement that was put in us in November, we want to keep fanning that into flame. We want to keep building on that. Uh, and we, you know, kind of keeping the moment, momentum with that as well. Uh, and this looks like it's going to be an excellent day. We'll send out more details this week so that you can uh, have a look and see exactly what the, the plan for the day is. And you can get booked in through there as well. But that's one, one way that we can invest in growing um, and that's going to have a significant input, uh, impact in what God is, is calling us to. So if you can go to that, please go. Uh, I know for a number of folk it will mean staying over. If you're not here for us on the Sunday morning, that's okay. Because I would, yes? We'll be taking the car up and making some appeals. Yep. I won't be staying over, so yep. if anyone wants to go there and back, <laughs> Fantastic. Excellent. You can stick Pete in the back. So Carrie is going to be going up and she's going to be travelling back on the same day. If you want to go, there's an offer of a lift there. Actually, if we can get a car load to go up, um, that would be fantastic. But that, again, go if you can. I think it will be such a fantastic day together. Really worthwhile and very fruitful within that. But we're going to be, again, you'll hear us promoting various things. Uh, and all of it is for the intention of really investing in you to grow into all that God has for you. And this is for everyone. I don't want you to discount yourself for whatever reason. If you feel really stirred by something, uh, and if we can help in any way, let's, let's really pursue these things uh, that are open and available to us. Uh, the next one is give. Um, one of the ways in which we can invest in this mission and be uh, and kind of increasingly invested is through giving. I know that over the next five years, the figure that has been laid on, on the heart of the team is uh, trusting God for £1 million over five years, which will be given straight back into mission, straight back into seeing churches planted, straight back into seeing churches strengthened. There was a prophetic word that was kind of given at the same time, was this word of millions of pounds passing through your hands and then going kind of being distributed elsewhere. So it wasn't a sense of God's going to give millions of pounds to keep. It was literally passing through hands, so acting as a money coming in in order that it goes where it needs to go to resource churches, to resource individuals, uh, to resource movements and whatever is happening. Um, 
And it's just the reality of the world in which we live in. Money is needed for things to, to progress. And so actually one of the ways in which we can invest is through giving. I know already at the conference they took up an offering. Just under 40,000 was given there, which is a huge sum of money uh, and a really generous gift there. But it's just the start of what they're trusting God for. There's going to be two gift days uh, this year, which RM of our church is to consider being a, being a part of. Um, one of them would be in, in the springtime. We won't be taking part in that one as a church because our springtime one, we have a rhythm, don't we, of gift days in the church. Our springtime one is for giving into the church here in Faversham and for the work that God has called us to here. Um, there is another one that they're doing in June. Uh, and we've said, actually, we're going to set that one aside to, for that. So our summer one gift day normally has a relational mission focus anyway so we're like let's just give into this uh so just to give you a heads up there'll be more details nearer the time but we just wanted to flag that up so it's already on your radar in june we'll be taking up a gift day uh to give into this work to give into the call campaign uh, and helping to resource the work that god is calling us to so grow and go uh, give in and then finally pray and God's kingdom is advanced as believers get on their knees from large scale corporate prayer to prayer in ones and twos do we believe this that God's kingdom is advanced when people pray because we have to believe it we have to we have to invest in prayer last week when I was giving some notices encouraging us uh, and urging us to come along to opportunities to get together to pray over the next few weeks I said that there are four benefits of corporate prayer, of gathering together to pray that I wanted to share. I shared one of them in detail last week, and I just very quickly want to touch on actually two more benefits of gathering together to pray and what happens when we gather together to pray. We don't just do it because... We do it because we're told to do it, but there are benefits that come from it as well. And actually, I think we need to understand... Um, we need to understand why it is we come to pray and what it does. But before that, hopefully we have a video that we're going to show. And this is a video from Relational Mission uh, that they've sent out around prayer. I was born into a non-Christian family and then when I reached about... It's just a really wonderful testament here. Followers of Jesus loving the neighbourhoods and communities in which God has called them to. I love, I love that. And I'm sure that was the point of the, the video, being around prayer. When he walked in and those ladies greet him and say, we've been praying for you for years that you would walk through this door. Prayer plays such an important role within seeing God's kingdom come and within seeing disciples made. People coming to put their faith and trust in Jesus. And I just very quickly want to draw out on two more, two more benefits then of what happens when we gather together to pray together. One of which is this, is that prayer in church reminds us of our unity in the faith. Prayer in church reminds us of our unity in the faith. We think of unity, maybe we might think of sports teams. Lots of sports teams have a name. The last part of it is something United, isn't it? Does anyone here support a sports team of the United? No. That's really interesting. No. Yes. 
But if, I think my understanding generally is uh, for teams that have United at the end, it's because uh, two or more teams have actually come together and formed a team and are saying, actually, we're, we're now one. We're united together in, in fulfilling goals together. Or maybe it's actually different regions of people from different regions of, uh, of areas of a particular region, again, drawing together and saying, actually, we're coming from different places, but we're, we're united in purpose and in mission. And that's one way that we can understand it. Biblically, unity means to be, to be one. And the Bible speaks about us as God's people being united. But unity isn't something that we create. We can look around this room and we can see, actually, uh, there'd, be, there'd be things in common that we have with other people. Maybe in terms of appearance or background or hobbies or passions and those sorts of things. There'd be lots of ways in which we would connect with people here. But there's also so much that you think, actually, we're not altogether that, that similar in a lot of ways. But what has joined us together, what has made us one, is Jesus. He's the one thing that we have in common. How we've been brought together through Jesus into God's family. We've become one. And so in that sense, unity isn't something that we create. It's something that has been done already by God for us. But in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul says this to the church. He says that we are to... um, He says this, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So where unity is not something that we create, it is something that we're called to maintain. And one of the ways in which we do that is through prayer. Because when we gather together, we stand together and we trust God and we come to God and ask him for breakthrough and we ask him for, uh, to, to come and bring change in areas where um, maybe we're seeking for growth in, in common purposes, common mission, things that we're working towards together. We come together seeking God, uh, standing together when people are, are suffering or sick and we stand together in, in prayer. And in all sorts of ways, we draw together, we rejoice with those who rejoice and we mourn with those who mourn in prayer. And as we do so, what's happening is that through prayer, our unity is being strengthened. It's not being created, but it's being strengthened as we stand together, as we come together to the one who actually is the one who has brought us together in the very first place. So there's something really significant that happens when we come to pray together. It helps to strengthen our unity. It helps to maintain our unity. I know I've come away from times of praying with people where I've just felt actually, and please hear where I'm coming from, I don't mean this in a cheesy way, but I feel actually I feel more close to you, more united to you in being able to stand with you in prayer. I'm invested in you, with you in this. And so actually let's see if prayer is is one of the ways in which we can, our unity together is strengthened. And then the second thing is this, is that prayer gives everyone an opportunity to engage in mission. I think this is huge. Prayer gives everyone an opportunity to engage in mission. Even through what we've been looking at this morning, this very brief overview of the call conference and the call campaign, of this mission that God has called us to, we might be thinking, I don't know what part I have to play in that. I don't know what I have to be able to give. I don't know what I have to be able to offer. But the one thing that all of us can do is pray. Why? Because all of us have access to the Father through Jesus. 
because all of us have been brought into his family and in doing so we are welcome to come to him through prayer. And so all of us can invest and engage in mission through prayer. And yes, prayer plays a really important part in terms of our preparation for mission. We pray that God would open doors and make a way and that God would bring breakthrough. But actually it's also central to the work of mission as well. Not just in preparation, but right in the middle of mission as well. In Jeremiah 29, verse 7, uh, this is what the prophet says. 29, verse 7, he says that we are to seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, there you will find your welfare. So if we're wanting to see God's kingdom come, actually it's right that we pray for the places where we live. That God would bring his blessing here. That God's kingdom would advance. Because what is good for, this, for the places where we live is good for us as well. That's part of mission, isn't it? Seeing God, that is mission. Seeing God's kingdom come. And so we're to pray for the places where we live. Colossians chapter 4, uh, verses 2 to 3. Paul, as he's drawing his letter to the, to the Colossian church to a close, he says, Continue steadfastly in prayer being watchful in it with thanksgiving and at the same time pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I'm in prison. So Paul who was at, at the very forefront of seeing churches being established and planted is saying please will you pray for us in our work. We need prayer. We need the strengthening of God. We need the work of God and the action of God in our lives. Please would you stand with us in prayer. And so we can do that, can't we? We can pray for those who are right in the midst of mission, or on the forefront of mission. We can pray for our friends in Bolivia who are doing such an amazing work as they've been obedient to what God is doing. We can pray for our friends in Shepi who are pursuing the call of God on their lives with great obedience. And we can pray for them. God, would you be with them in the work that they are doing? But we can also pray for one another. Because all of us are on mission. When We were thinking at the start, weren't we? From here, what do we do? We're scattered to the places where God has called us to. And we can pray for one another. For the week ahead. For the things that God will have for us. And so we pray uh, for, for those on mission. And finally, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. First of all then... I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people. For kings and all who are in high positions that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life. Godly and dignified in every way. This is good and, it ple and is pleasing in the sight of the Lord our Saviour. Who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So we're to pray for people. We're to pray for all people. Why? Because it is God's heart that actually everyone should come to faith. So it's right that we pray that God comes and moves in people's lives. That he draws them to himself. Just like that young man in that... Um, I say young man, I'm assuming he's younger than me. So yeah, he's a young man. He was able to say that there were people that had been praying for him. To come to know Jesus. We can do the same. What a wonderful privilege. And also what a great responsibility we have to do that as well. I'm, I would be very surprised... If for many of us, if not all of us, in our stories of coming to know Jesus, there would have been people praying for you, for that to happen. I'm sure of that. 
And so actually we have the, the opportunity to, to do that for others, for those that we love uh, and for those in our communities as well. So prayer gives everyone an opportunity to engage in mission. We can pray for places. We pray for those on mission. We pray for people to come to salvation. In a moment, I'm going to explain what the other bits of paper are and what the pens are for. Uh, but, and we're going to come and we're going to spend a time of pr in prayer together. We're going to put this into practice in just a moment. But I just want to share a few opportunities that we do have to pray. So with those things in mind, prayer in church reminds us of our unity in the faith. And prayer gives everyone an opportunity to engage in mission. Sunday the 28th, if I'm right in my calendar, that's next Sunday. Uh, we have an opportunity to come together for our encounter evening, an evening of prayer and worship. When we come before God, we worship Him, we honour Him, we glorify Him, and then we say, God, what do you want to say to us? And then we catch hold of what He's saying, and then we pray into those things for us, for our church, for our town, for the world. And so I would love you to come along and be a part of that. That's next Sunday. Let's come and worship and pray together. And then in uh, the first weekend in February, the 3rd and 4th, we're having our prayer and feasting weekend, bringing together two things I think we do well, uh, prayer and also enjoying fellowship over a meal together. And on uh, Saturday, the 3rd, we're going to have time to have some breakfast together and pray. It's going to be at the assembly rooms, 9 o'clock till 11 o'clock. Um, if you check your newsletter, there's, uh, the way to book in is on there. We need to know numbers as best as possible in terms of catering for the food. But come along. Let's strengthen our unity. Let's engage in mission together. And then on the next day, on the Sunday, we're going to be doing some praying together on a Sunday morning. And then we're going to stick around. For those who are able to, to enjoy some lunch together, I've really loved having these Sunday lunches that we've had over the last few years. We've been hugely blessed by the team who have done that. Uh, and so our next one is coming up on Sunday the 4th. Again, if you're here, please do come and be a part of that. Again, get signed in. Uh, link on the newsletter. We need to know numbers and dietary requirements. But we have a whole weekend then, our prayer and feasting, feasting weekend, to come and start really engaging and investing in prayer together there.